going on? It is Adam. Welcome back to Bringing It Backwards, a podcast where both legendary and rising artists tell their own personal stories of how they achieve stardom. On this episode, it was great to catch up with Stevie and Alan of the band St. Phoenix. We chatted with them back in August, I believe, 2021, and they just released a brand new EP. So if you check out the first interview, you'll find out a lot about uh, the origin of the band and its two brothers, obviously, Stevie and Alan are brothers. That first interview, we dive real deep into the origin of St. Phoenix. This episode, we focused a lot on their new EP, touched on the old stuff, found out some great information, some great stories from the early formation of the band but we learned about the recording process of this new album because it's very 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 personal to these two they wrote the song happy place for their father as uh, he was passing away he, he became terminally ill the brothers were able to build a studio in the family home so they're there with him the whole time uh, and towards the end of his life he actually had a chance to hear the song happy place right before he passed away. So very, very, very heavy episode. But not only that, the rest of the record is all about the grieving process after the fact. So they talk about the remaining songs that made the record and how that was impacted by their family and, of course, their father. And it's an amazing album, amazing song if you haven't heard Happy Place yet. But you can definitely check out the video. Watch the first St. Phoenix interview and uh, the most recent one, both up on our Facebook page, YouTube channel, at Bringing It Backwards. It'd be awesome if you subscribe to our channel and check us out on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok, at Bringing Back Pod. And if you're listening to this on Apple Music or Spotify, if you can give us a five-star review, we'd be so grateful. And uh, follow us there as well. And if you're an Amazon shopper, a portion of your everyday purchases will help support our podcast with just a few clicks. It's super easy. Please head over to our website, bringingitbackwards.com, and click on Amazon each time you begin your purchases. Those few extra clicks will help keep our mission of providing a platform for both legendary and rising artists to tell their personal stories on how they achieve stardom so that all artists and music enthusiasts have access to meaningful and memorable advice that will help inspire their own musical journeys. To recap, please head over to bringingitbackwards.com and click on Amazon before you make each and every purchase because a portion of that purchase will add up in a big way to help support our mission. Thank you so much. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're bringing it backwards with St. Phoenix. Welcome back. Thank you so much for doing this. Um, Thanks for having us. Let's, let's just recap real quick. So born and raised, tell me about born and raised in Scotland. You're in your hometown again, right? Where you were born and you were raised a little bit further outside and you moved back. Is that the story? Yeah. yeah. Um, so right now we are um, at our mom and dad's place, um, which is a, a little um, uh, place outside, a place called Lanark in Scotland and um that's where we were born and mm -hmm. um we're up at the studio up well, in the house but the studio is in the garage um across the drive there so we're up here just now just making music and um getting geared up for for uh, the new ep coming out tomorrow very cool very cool so yeah you're back in the house your dad built the house right or something did that happen yeah. or okay yeah. that's what i remember so you're born there yeah. you tell me you move 
And you're raised in how far from where you're living now? Um, probably about five, five, ten miles. Um, oh, not very far at all, then. Not, not too far. So closer to Glasgow. Um, we, we had a big family home there, and then when we all grew up, um, my mum and dad decided to sail up and then build this place. So that's what they've done. Um, and yeah, it's pretty, pretty special place. Mm-hmm. Very cool. And obviously, brothers. Um, Steve, you're a bit older. What, six years older? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's, got, he's new here. He's, got, he's new here since last. I was going to say, I like it. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> thank you very much. Um, just decided to to go for a little change with the um, the EP coming up. So um, yeah, just spontaneous. So it's not actually Alan. It's actually Alan giving me all a hard time and stress that it's turned my hair. So, <laughs> Turn your hair white. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Um, well, okay, so Stevie. From let's recap a little bit here. Uh, you first learned drums, right? Was the first instrument you got drums, and then Alan kind of took it from you. Yeah, that's right. So um, <laughs> I was originally a drummer. Not um, very good, I might add. No, that's 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 not be let's not tell lies in this uh, this interview. <laughs> but um, I started playing drums um, and just to all you know favorite bands, Rage Against Machine and Green Day and things like that, and Blink One Eighty Two and. Then I started to write songs and play guitar and I just sort of fell in love with that. And um, there was always a drum kit in the house. And I guess Alan just was so bad at every other instrument, he could only play drums. So he picked the drums up and, um, you know, started following in my footsteps. Um, but that that was that was as far as it went with Alan. That was where his capabilities sort of stopped musically. Oh, on the drums, uh, got it. On the drums, yeah. On the drums. Um, and yeah, he, you know, he just he just stayed there, and I progressed, and and you know, keys, bass, guitar, lots of things. But Alan just stayed on the drums. <laughs> was that your first instrument on the drums, Alan, as well? Yeah, well, I, first I, and only. Oh god, um, <laughs> can't really sing. Um, get, it can hand, play. It can hand play coordination. Hand coordination is not very good um, for guitar. Okay. Um, so I knew my capability. I knew I knew I had limitations. Um, hitting things was always an option, which I'm going to do after this interview. I'm going to hit someone. Um, but, <laughs> yeah. No, hitting things was always a good thing for me. So um, the, uh, drums are a really good stress reliever, I find. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really some anger. Yeah, he's so, got anger yeah. issues. Yeah. <laughs> well, were you drawn to the drums or was it just, okay, Stevie has the Not- kit here, it's here. I'm going to just try to play it. You know that that way where siblings, if they get something um, something new, you think I would I want that, even though okay. I don't know how to play it or whatever. And when Stevie would leave the house, I would just randomly pick up drumsticks and just start playing. It was kind of like that scene in Step Brothers, you know, don't rub my nuts on your my drum set. Kind of that. <laughs> okay. kind of that yeah. You know, we come up with that first. Yeah. So At that point, like, were you still I- playing them, Stevie? Yeah, but I didn't play. Uh, well, I, I was still, um, yeah, still playing, but I, I, I mostly started um, learning to record and produce, and that's where I kind of um, got into. And then I realised you could actually, when you're making tracks, you can get really good samples. So that's mm-hmm. when I started using a sampler instead of a drummer, and that's what I still do. I don't even use him for the tracks. <laughs> Uh, well, okay. were you in a band? I remember you were talking about writing a song for, for Alan's band. We could talk about that. But um, were you in a band prior to Alan's band? 
Yeah, so the, the band that we were both previously in, um, the bass player and the the guitarist out of that band were, were my um, you know, school friends. And we were in a band before, um, you know, Alan started his band. So we were just playing local scene. Um, mm-hmm. We weren't very good. I was playing drums. Um, Not very good. At the time. And uh, oh, I didn't realize you were doing you're playing drums. Is that the band that you were doing the cover songs and stuff in? Yeah, uh, well, no, we just no, no, we were just playing our own tracks. And I was playing okay. drums and uh, I was writing but playing drums. And then the two guys that were in the band they decided to go traveling for a year like around um Asia and Australia. Mm-hmm. And um, when they left, I just started doing like a singer songwriter thing, um, doing that around the circuit around Glasgow. And then that was the time I started properly writing songs and producing and that's when Alan started his band and that's when the whole thing of of me helping his band um you know write that's how that all came about mm-hmm. were you playing you were taking on like singer songwriting was that like you wanted to do that was that the original plan was just to kind of be your own yeah. like artist type I think because it was like um when when the guys left to tour uh, to, to travel around Asia. I mean, I I, um, I started learning how to to record and produce, mm-hmm. and it was only like acoustic guitar kind of tracks. Uh, yeah, it's just got and get get getting more confident in singing and writing, and I just love gigging. I wanted to keep that going, so yeah, we're just playing like sort of small singer songwriter open mic nights. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, if I'm honest, I kind of really like. I prefer being in a band. Although mm-hmm. it is with my brother, I do prefer being in a band. <laughs> did either of you guys go to school for music? No, no. I didn't go. I did go to college, uh, a musical college um, for production and sound engineering. Okay, um, that's where you kind of learn to do that. Um, mm-hmm. um, but that, that that was all all we really did. It wasn't really musical. But you, but you, you went to learn how to produce. I mean, it sounds like that's like a, a part of it, right? Yeah, well, because yeah, it was like, um, I didn't, like, when I, I just got obsessed with, like, trying to record your own music, and then when I went to this, um, the college, you know, it was all about physics and maths, mm-hmm. and I was like, I'm here to record, man, I'm not here to learn about how, right. how time travels <laughs> and calculating this and that. <laughs> it went really, really boring, and then halfway through the course, they started looking at, you know, Pro Tools and, um, you know, Ableton and, and all these different softwares to make and produce. And that's when I really get interested. So that's, you know, that helped us, um, you know, well, helped me start producing and start, you know, making proper demos. Um, mm-hmm. it was, that, that gets paved the way. Okay. And Alan, at this point, were you, what, in high school or were you still in, in school at this point? <laughs> I'd been f- just finishing high school. I went to university to study marketing, the worst decision of my life. Um, <laughs> I stayed um, five months at university and I didn't tell my parents that um, I was going back. So I was just going in uh, every day and playing pool. And then I was going to the pub every day for like a year. And then I had to tell mom, mom and dad that I dropped out of university. And then I started working with, with my dad, so I just did it that way. How did they take that? Were they upset uh, with you, or not great? Um, 
I uh, just didn't. He let the family down, Aaron. He let the family <laughs> down. Very <laughs> uh, disappointed. Well, I know and you're the youngest. Were they like, okay, he's going to finish? I don't know. You have a sister, right, that lives in Australia? I don't know if she's still there. But... I've got a sister who's from here, but I've got another brother yeah. in Australia. But that's when the big bro steps in and gives him a job. Oh, uh, okay. You know, yeah. saves, saves his musical career. Yeah. You know? <laughs> okay. Oh. When you're, so you're working with dad, and then this is when this band begins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were always in, um, always in the family business. Um, Dad was always, he was in, um, always selling stuff. It would be like mm -hmm. health products, or he had, we had an energy drink company. Um, really? We were, yeah, we were always, oh, wow. we were always together um, and doing all that kind of thing. So mm -hmm. before, um, you know, music started, you know, paying the bills. Um, Alan was doing all the marketing and. Um, all that kind of running the business, and I was doing all the uh, the graphic design, websites, all the promotion, that kind of thing with uh, with her dad, mm -hmm. and doing that, you know, running running alongside that, we were um, we were in our last band together, so we were always we've always been together making music or working. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because your your band, you, like you said earlier, Steve, you wrote a song, right, and that song kind of took off your band, right, Alan. Yeah, we got yes, getting, um, it's getting radio play. Listen, don't stroke the ego, Adam. He's got a big ego. Um, <laughs> Sorry. No, we got um, some local radio play, and we started selling out shows. And we're doing really well. And then, then, then as you know, they they kicked me out of the band um, for not being very good at the drums. Um, so, yeah, that's ended up ended up here doing the previous band, um, and then we ended up doing Saint Phoenix. So. Well, what do you do with that song? Do you take it from them? You're like, no, that yeah, my brother and I wrote that. Sorry. That's, no, he didn't write anything. Or he you wrote it in my brother's, yeah. in the band no, so that you I, kicked him out of? You cannot, like. he says, you cannot be serious. You've chucked, I wanted to help you guys out because my brother was in the band. Mm -hmm. you, you've kicked him out and stolen the song. And I said, that's not on. You have to stop playing that song. And they said, no, we're going to keep playing it. So then, you know, we I, I formed a band um, with Alan and we played the song. And when we played the song, you know, it, we got kind of bigger and, and um, we got more recognised for, for doing the song. And then the band, the other band that Alan got chucked out of, you know, they, they, they stopped, they quit, which was great. Um, and then, yeah, we just continued on and... As I said, we, we had never any plans for the last band. It was just to stop that other band playing and also just have a bit of fun. Yeah. And then next minute, you know, we were selling out shows and playing festivals and, and um, yeah, it, that, that lasted for a good long time. And then we got to, through that band, right at the end of it, we got to meet the, the manager of the Killers and Imagine Dragons, and that's how things started oh. to evolve. Okay. And you got flown out to Vegas or something, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. We yeah. went to Vegas to meet Mike Reynolds at Imagine Dragons, and they were looking at helping us. To, and then just through that whole process, that's, I guess, how St. Phoenix, you know, started. So, so you guys weren't St. Phoenix yet. You were th this other band yeah. when you got reached out to yeah. by them. Yeah, yeah, yeah we were in this other band. Okay, okay. Well, uh, real quick on that other band that you you took the song from would you go up i mean if the song had radio play you would assume that like people might be like oh you're just covering blah 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 would you go up and like give a speech like hey i wrote this song 
you might have heard it by this other band, but like, well, we, we did just, you have to give any backstory? No, we just we just cracked on. Um, <laughs> just didn't, didn't care. Um, it wasn't the it wasn't the kind of the slight changes. The chorus kind of the same. Um, lyrically, we changed. So I think we changed. Um, yeah, changed that quite a lot. It's changed the verses quite a bit, but the okay. chorus was still the same. Still the same. Um, it worked out good. It worked out good. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I didn't know if like you'd have to go up there and be like, okay, I know that you might have heard the song before by so and so, but I wrote that thing, and yeah, and then kind of give your <laughs> your story yeah. behind it to 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 you know move forward. But that's great that they they're doing nothing now, right? I mean, you said they they yeah. stopped being a band, and you guys oh, one have. Guy's- Guy's a gardener. One guy works on a, as a chemist teacher. So um, yeah, they, they've took different path. <laughs> totally different path. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're still on music, so we win. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so tell me about going out to Vegas and that kind of getting the career going that way and uh, becoming Saint Phoenix. It was uh, it was amazing. Um, we went to first time going to Las Vegas. Uh, Eyes just lit up, you know. You see all the lights. You see casinos. It's so busy, um, and you start to to realise that we are two brothers from the arse end of Scotland, like in the middle of nowhere. And we're out to see or meet one of the biggest managers in the world, managing two of the biggest bands in the world. It was like absolutely insane, insane. I'll never forget the breakfast because I had whipped cream on my pancakes. <laughs> First time you ever had whipped cream on your pancakes, huh? Whipped cream, and I think I'd, I think they give you like sprinkles and smarties and stuff. It was in Haraz, Haraz. Okay. Oh, okay. Places. It was in Haraz Casino, and we met. Um, there was Mac and a um, a good friend of ours actually knows. Um, she's called uh, Daylin Bowman, and she mm-hmm. manages uh, Oris Black. And, oh, okay. Uh, wow. And. We've just we kept in touch, but we met the two of them in Vegas with her dad, and it just it was like wow. And then he was uh, Mac was showing us all the Imagine Dragons demos for the second album, um, and it was just giving us an insight about um, what he thought we had to do to to make the step up mm-hmm. to get on radio and and progress, uh, and that's what we did. You know, we we you know he was like a, a Buddha. To us, yeah, everything yeah. that he said, we were like, okay, that's the gospel. We got to do that, and sure. we spent a whole year in the studio just making, making songs, being better at production, better at writing, and um, we we had this bunch of songs and um, su- super excited about it. But the band were kind of like, this is a big shift in the sonic and the sound, and we're not really sure if this fits. I don't think we want to we want to play these songs. So we were at a crossroads of, you know, what do we do? And that's when we spoke to Mac and he said, you know, the best thing to do is be distinctive. And there's nothing more distinctive than two brothers from Scotland uh, playing these tracks. Mm-hmm. And it was just, a, and then it kind of clicked a no brainer. Uh, and that's how, you know, St. Phoenix was born. Wow. What, what year was this that you got flown out there? Jeez. 2016 to 2015 2015 2015 yeah. oh, okay. yeah it would have been around 2015-16 yeah. and um, yeah and it just clicked it just clicked and I guess we felt kind of free and a weight was lifted off our shoulders because we really believed in the early music 
And it was, and then from there, it was like a crazy ride. We were sending out emails to, you know, we found out all the major bands uh, and artists, like their managers' emails off yeah. of Facebook. And we oh, wow. Out. So we just, like, we had um, like a sh- short email that said, hey, um, St. Phoenix is a brand new project from the UK, looking for management. We'd like to know if you're interested. So we had sent this to, um, so we got like Fallout Boy, 21 Pilots, all these major uh, artist emails. And we just sent these um, emails out with like a a, a SoundCloud link. Uh And then next minute, all these all these major managers were getting back to us. You know, we're speaking to 21 Pilots manager on Skype, still speaking to Mac Reynolds at Imagine Dragons, Fallout Boy, Avicii, and it was like crazy. And everybody was interested and it was it was amazing. And then, um, but a lot of them were states-based and mm-hmm. um, they, were, they were wanting us to go over there and talk and we were like, just want to get going. And that's how we met our, our current managers from London. Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, everything just took off from there. Wow. And those songs, <clears throat> excuse me, you put together some songs with Dan Reynolds, is that what you said? Or were you? No, no. Oh. We just, Mike was just letting us hear. Oh, just hear the songs. Hear the songs and yeah. hear okay. the demo and hear, hear where they were going. And okay. it just gave you a different perspective on, it, it was it was very um, inspirational for, for me in terms of, you know, when you hear believer and or radioactive and all these massive mm-hmm. alternative radio hit songs and then mm-hmm. you hear the demos and you go oh wow because yeah. it's 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 the song is there but it's not like this colossal song and it really gave me a lot of comfort and inspiration to go well because i used to beat myself up when i was making demos going oh man that's not good enough that's that needs to be here and it's here mm-hmm. it's and when you hear sort of like the the embryo or, or the initial idea, the demo, you think, wow, that's that gives me a lot of comfort that even Imagine Dragon songs are just coming up with like sort of like voice notes or wee ideas and that becomes this massive thing. Um so yeah, it was a bit reassuring that the big guys go through the same process as, as the as the up and coming guys. Okay. And then you got back and oh well, I mean you released the record we talked about a little bit, uh DDMT. And are these songs that you're talking about way prior to that session yeah, that was, happening? That, yeah, yeah, that was that was prior to the album. That was just like the initial songs. Okay. Um, songs like King and The One and Magic and all these uh-huh. songs. Okay. And that was that that we wrote. Um and uh yeah, that got sort of got the ball rolling and, and started, you know, the initial the initial um birth, I guess, of St. Phoenix. We supported Madden Dragons, we were on tour, uh we're doing festivals and it was great. And then that led us on to DDMN, the, the first album. Wow. Okay. And then obviously we and we we spent some time last time on uh, Happy Place quite a bit about. I don't know if you want to give a quick little backstory to to the song. Yeah. Uh, uh, Happy Place. I mean, Happy Place is the story of um, our dad passing away uh, mm-hmm. in January 2021. Um, in 2017, he was diagnosed with a terminal lung condition, um, and he wanted to build his house. It was his dream to build his uh, house with their mum. So he sold up, bought a plot of land and built this house that's right now and it looks out to these amazing hills. Um, and during the lockdown, when we were writing our, our album, 
Um, we were lucky enough to build a studio above the garage. Um, and then from that, uh, we wrote Happy Place, um, which is about the last six months of our dad's life. And it was taken into hospital on Christmas night. And we managed to play the song to him uh, the night he passed away. Um, and then after the week after, we sent to the managers and we're, here we are signed with Atlantic Records, the biggest record label in the world. So, yeah, that's, yeah. that's the long, tall and short of it, quick version. I mean, yeah, it's such an incredible story. Um, I loved hearing you on the last interview. Like I said, I, I, I listened to it back. And, and Alan, you said something along the lines of like, just like be, those last two years with your dad, like he did so much with you guys as a band. He was so supportive, yeah. right? I mean, he yeah. went on tour with you with Youngblood, didn't he? And didn't get yeah, on yeah. stage. I yeah. mean, there's a video of him like, you know, talking about your dad, like from like, around the time that it happened. Um, just like stuff like that. Like you said, had a story about him showing up with his own merch. Like, are there any, <laughs> what other yeah. things stuck out to you? Like w within those two years that you can remember that you're like, wow, like that, that's something I'll never forget. Yeah. The, the, the thing about the pandemic has definitely taught us is um, it didn't really click, but in 2020, we would either, if, if the pandemic never happened, our dad would, was always away in business, always traveling, traveling the world, and we were on tour. Um, but when the world shuts down and you reflect back, we, see, we got to spend so much time with him from, you know, the start of the pandemic right all the way through and spending every single single day with your dad and you know getting real close family time you're really getting like 10 years worth of memories in that short space of time and mm -hmm. it makes you very very grateful because a lot of people don't get that and a lot of people don't have it so yeah it's i mean it was an unbelievable experience um those last two years and then you look back and we took him on tour um and yeah. it was just just the best yeah, I mean, yeah, you saw, saw he, him jumping up on stage, with, right, with Young Blood at one point, and like, yes, yeah. that just sounds so. That's so cool that he was so supportive of what you guys are doing, especially to the sense that he, you know, left you a, a house to 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 continue on what you're doing, recording music, and yeah. and how does that like? That, so, sorry, go I'm ahead. Just that, 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 I'm just saying that was his legacy that he's left. Um, mm -hmm. And, and you, you appreciate it more and more each day is when you come up here and although he's not here, you still feel that he is. And, um, you know, he's left his stamp, uh, he's left his footprints on the world up here and, and it's just a special place to come up and just be around and, and make music. We're, we're really lucky that he's left that for us. Mm -hmm. with, this, with the new EP and obviously titled Being Happy Place, uh, were these songs written after that, the, that song kind of happening and or like were they written around the same time like what can you tell me about the new the new music yeah we, we um before happy place we were in the studio writing a, an album that was completely different um it was very alternative and rocky and um we were just guess following on from supporting young and and mm -hmm. um you know, the first album and, and Happy Place was kind of a different sort of sonic. But it just came out the blue because we were so inspired by what we saw with our dad and, you know, that moment and, and capturing that moment seemed special to us. And then when he passed away, we were still in that same frame of mind, I guess, emotionally and, and artistically. And 
Um, I follow um, the producer um, Rick Rubin on Twitter, and he puts up his like daily motivational quotes. And he was talking about, you know, the essence of capturing something that's real and putting that in, into music. And that just resonated with me. And I thought, well, you know, there's a we're in this sort of bubble, emotional bubble, and we should just try and, you know, express that through our music um, and capture that. And I guess that's what the collection of these songs are in Happy Place EP is the process of, you know, family, love, grieving, um, um, a celebration of life, and also, you know, um, you know the, 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 the lows, I guess, of, of losing someone you love. Um, but I guess it's just real life. And I think that we tried to capture that and explain, you know, that feeling and these these um, these songs. And, you know, we just hope that everybody can relate to it and, and it can help people going through the, the same the same thing in any way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So sonically, they are in the same vein as that. Like, it sounds like you had a whole record that was a lot heavier. And did, would yeah. you scrap yeah. the album or? No, no, it's, it's still there. I think that's where we're going to get. I think we just needed closure in terms of um, happy place. I think there was um, there was a, there was there was songs that we wanted to that 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 were around happy place and and they you know they were a good fit with happy place and we just wanted to to guess you know um, bit of closure on that period of of our life um, and you know have a tribute to our dad uh, musically. That's what we wanted to do. So that's what all these songs were. Uh, or that all these songs are about, um, you know, as I said, sonically and emotionally, they're all about, you know, happy places, about the inspiration, about a dad in the house. The the, the song, um, the lead song of the EP when it gets released tomorrow, there's a song called Angel, and we wrote that the day after our dad's funeral. There's a song called Invisible, which is how me and Alan were feeling through the whole process, um, the, the real lows of that. And there's a song called Blue Feather, on the record that explains the artwork, a happy place, and you know it's the, the last song on it to to basically say that you know he's always going to he's always going to be here, and that's sort of the, the closure of of um, you know that that I guess how we're feeling right now. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, you can tell. I mean, he's obviously there, right? You you write this song for him, he hears it, and it just kind of catapults everything that your guys were doing, and it validates everything. I would imagine for you guys. Yeah, I mean, there's, I never really thought about it, but just believing in that, you know, there's something out there's a there's an energy that's connecting everyone, and the stuff that's happened over the past year that we've never had before. There's loads of stuff, even in family life, uh, stuff happened with our other brothers and and their sisters and and our mum. Stuff happening all the time, and you just think there's something going on up there. He's up there doing, working his magic and working everything out. So whatever he's doing, just keep doing it because I know he can hear it. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. Um, you did a video too for Angel, right? You, you said that you wrote that right about the funeral, right after the funeral? It was basically, the, the song is about the funeral and saying our last goodbyes, but also realizing that he's always here. And mm-hmm. just, I just guess when going through the funeral just basically we wrote what the the thoughts in our head were um mm. you know just saying that you know um we're going to miss you I mean, yeah, there's, I think there's no way. even when writing those the, the the lyrics it just came out very very easy because it was real and it was how you're feeling yeah 
wasn't difficult to write and it just kind of once we finished the song it was like ah that's what it's that's what it's meant to be it was very very easy it came very quickly same with invisible same with blue feather so it's just part of the process very therapeutic for us to do and as stevie said if we can help someone else going through the 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 same thing then it's an added bonus because it wasn't our intentions mm-hmm. yeah i mean to, to be able to do that like you said therapeutically like i could see some you know you could have went a whole other place right just dark and and down but the the fact that you're kind of channeling that to to bring the ha- you know happy place it kind of says it all yeah. right yeah i think that that's a testimony to our dad you know his spirit and he's um he's lost for life that's what we've got to realize he had a real lust for life and you know we've, we've i guess we wanted to capture that um when we've, we've you know finished we've, we've put these songs together i think that um we are you know everything you start to realize as, as time passes on certainly since he's passed away that he is ingrained in our lives so everything we do the way we talk our mannerisms the you know the, how we conduct ourselves is how he he raised us and the biggest thing that we're we're really getting to to grips with is how much he loved his family and he how he he thought that family was always number one and that's what we want to be a focal point with in our music and in our community that we're we're building as a fan base is that you know this is a family um you know if you if you want to you know follow the right of St Phoenix then just you know you've got to know that you're joining a family here and you know you know um positivity and being with each other and and keeping each other's spirits up is, is number one. And I think you can do that by by channeling that good feeling into your music. Mm-hmm. I love that. And do you feel like with this record, I mean, was it hard to present it to your family? I mean, your brother and your sister and like, it's kind of, it must, was it uh, healing for you all? Or was it like, how, how, like what was the feelings there? Yeah, I guess I think everybody had a good cry and everybody had a good laugh and, and, you know, the family's super proud of what we're doing, and um, because you know, we're, we're that's, that's one of the reasons why you do it as well is because um, the, you know, your family, your biggest champions, and your biggest fans. Yeah, and um, it's it's you know, it's good for us. Our brothers in music as well. Um, he he does his own thing in Australia, and it's good to see him do his own thing. Um, and we're all really supportive of of um, of what we do. Um, but you know the family, you know they're they're right behind us, and and you know they love the they're our biggest fans, which is which is good. That's great. Have you ever played with your brother, like on the same bill? No, well, we've oh. played the same bill. He's yeah, he's, yeah. he's supported us a couple of times. Oh, okay. I've never, I've never actually performed together. That's that's one for the future. But you've played like you've he's, yeah. he said he's open for you. That's rad that yeah. you guys were able to do that though. Yeah, it's cool. It's cool. Um, we, t- we, t- we told him one time, uh, he opened up for us, he was in Australia, and he said, I'm coming home, I'd love to, you're playing this show in Glasgow, I'd love to open for you. I said, sure, I said, no problem, I said, listen, you know, there's no budget there or anything, I was like, you, can, you know, there's going to be a, a room full of people there if you want, it's, you yeah. know, that's going to be good for you. Mm-hmm. He said, yeah, I'm going, to, I'm going to bring my, my band over from Australia, I said, that's kind of expensive. Um... <laughs> I thought you were just coming over to play acoustic, but he brought a band with him over yeah. to play uh, from Australia, and um, yeah, and he was kind of bummed out that he got, you know, fifty bucks. 
be open for us. But that's a box and a case of beer. Yeah, that's all. He split it between the band, though. Everybody got one. No, I think you had to pay for his band, oh, which so he, was, he was kind of bummed out about. But listen, you know, <laughs> your choice, Dave. You let him know, though, beforehand, at least, right? Yeah, um, totally. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's family, but it's not charity, you know? <laughs> it's family, but it's not charity. I love that. Yeah. Um, well, and you also had a chance to reunite with Youngblood a bit, right? On the, what, a couple yeah. months ago? Or a month ago? Uh, December, yeah, a month ago. Yeah. What was that? I mean, was that first time you had seen him in a while, or how was that? Emotional? Yeah, we, we, yeah. we he, he played Edinburgh in November, and we got we went backstage and saw him, and it was just great to see him. It was the first time we'd saw him since her dad passed away, mm-hmm. and it was kind of emotional. And then we didn't really get a good chance to speak to him, but then when we um, when we played with him and uh, in, in the open for him in December. Yeah, it was just great, man. It was just so good to to see everybody in the crew properly and have a have a couple of drinks. And um, he said some some really 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 nice things about uh, our dad. And um, you know, well, he's he's a special person, and, yeah. and he's always going to be you know close to our hearts. Um, mm-hmm. He's a top man. Yeah, that video he did for you guys. I mean, that just shows basically explains him all all together. I mean, yeah. it's just it's such yeah. a powerful video. On yeah. the um, on the second night, um, I, I, we had a good chance. We jumped. We had our own podcast called The Great To See You Podcast, and we were on, and we had Youngblood on as a guest. Oh wow! Um, so we're just talking talking about dad, and we're talking about the EP and stuff, and and then later on, and he never said anything. He just was, you know, saying his stuff, and he was on stage doing his thing, and he's been in. Um, like a run of shows so he knows his set list and, and stuff like that mm-hmm. and we're sitting up the back uh, watching the show and it just plays the song that he um, sang with her dad on stage and said all this amazing stuff for about like three minutes about her dad saying bird jokes do you remember the the band saint phoenix and just all this wonderful stuff and then plays the song and then there's there's two guys up the back crying their eyes out yeah and he's just pointing oh, wow. up he's just pointing back to yeah. us so it's pretty special Wow. Wow. That's that. Yeah. That sounds like it was that yeah, emotional day, emotional moments. Wow. Um, yeah, it's, yeah. I'll make, the record's finally coming out tomorrow. That's so cool. Yeah. So yeah, excited. it's been a long time coming. I think that you yeah, were excited to get it out and, and let everybody hear it and yeah, just, just have a good time and celebrate, you know, that, um, you know, as I said, it's a tribute to the dad to, to remember him by, um, it's her little, you know, thank you to him for everything mm-hmm. that he's done for us. And, um, yeah, we're just, I think we're just going to enjoy, um, you know, putting music out and um, letting everybody hear it. Mm-hmm. With the studio now that you have, obviously, are you working constantly, always writing new songs? Yeah, yeah. always writing, always, um, yeah, always thinking about the next step, I guess, in music, you've got to do that. And mm-hmm. um, we're finishing, you know, um, some brand new tracks. Um, because you know the way that the world works and the fans work, music's very, very uh, disposable at times, yeah. and people want the new tracks yesterday. So you've <laughs> got to keep it, keep on top of the demand, and and just got to keep things going. You can't stay still. So we are um, we're working on on um, finishing some some new stuff right now. Yeah, amazing, amazing. Well, Stevie, Alan, I appreciate you coming back and doing this. Uh, that you, I- Thank you so much. All the success for the new EP, amazing. Like I said, uh, it was it's great that 
you were able to have this closure and this therapeutic uh, experience. I mean, putting having that one song do so well and then just kind of channeling that energy back into uh, the rest of the EP. That's incredible. Thanks so much. Appreciate Thank it. Thanks for having us, Adam. Yeah, I have one more question for you real quick, though. I asked you this last time, but I want to see. Maybe I'll get a dif different answer. Who knows? Uh, I want to know if you have any advice for aspiring artists. Um, I've got it. Okay. When everyone, when everyone that you're watching or in your town or in your scene, whatever you want, and they're all going left, you make a right and you go do your own thing, do something different. That's a great advice. Totally. I like that a lot. I really like that. What I, guess, I guess the best, thing, the best thing to do is just go with your gut and do something that's real and honest. And people will, um, yeah, people will gravitate to that because people can smell bullshit. So just do what's in your heart, do what's in your stomach and uh, go with your gut and take a right turn.